Game day returning for the Arizona Coyotes on this January day as they uh, get ready to host the Chicago Blackhawks. We're going to be talking about that as well as uh, just a few other things on today's episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Your Lockdown Coyotes. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Robin Leonio. Carl Pavlik right beside me on this wonderful uh, Thursday, January 6th. 2022. I had to think about that one for a second. I'm like, wait a minute, what year are we in again? Uh, uh, my day job involves me writing a lot of years. So I'm still writing 2021 for like half of my things and then 2022 for a small amount uh, just because I'm talking about last year still and it causes no end of chaos. Oh, it'd be like that sometimes. But we are here on this episode to talk about the Arizona Coyotes game day preview as they get ready to face the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, last time they faced each other, was it November? November? I think so, yes. And then that game didn't go, out, go on so well. And I thought it was going to be a better game because Chicago also is a no bueno team. But. This is true, yeah. Um, it, it was funny, like, I was, before, the, like, going into this week, I'm like, no, the Jets and the Blackhawks are pretty much on the same level. Uh, they're not. The Jets are slightly higher than the Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are a bad team. Uh, last game was a 2-1 matchup. Um, and, of course, it came down to a, a bunch of former players. Uh, I think, what, Andrew Ladd scored for the Coyotes, and then Dylan Strom with the game winner. Uh, just a, a rough go. Hopefully a better outcome tonight. And definitely is the potential for there being a better outcome. Um, are we going to have to see Dylan Strom go again and try to do something as the trend has been for former Coyotes players? <sighs> that seems to have like quieted down a little bit, which I'm happy to see. Uh, definitely a chance that Dylan Strom has a big night. Um, he, he's been pretty quiet and... As a Strom fan, I'd like to see him have a, a good night, just not against the Coyotes. <laughs> I mean, as someone who's watched wa- watched the kid in Tucson, I I root for the kid as much as I can too, um, mm-hmm. especially because he was not treated well when he was here in Arizona. Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that at this point, being drafted third overall has had a major negative impact on Dylan Strom's career. Uh, I do think that if he had gone, you know, top 10, maybe middle, middle 10, uh, he would be like looked at as a, as a great player, but there's just so much, uh, you know, baggage that comes with being a top three overall pick that it's just rough. I mean, I mean, isn't that, the, that's just the case every year, right? You know, like just look at, um, any top three player in the last five, six years. And those players are always under a heavy microscope. Um, yeah. Look, it's look over in, in New York. Um, a lot of people want to pay attention to Alexi Lafreniere and he has not had all the numbers to, to everyone be like, Oh, this is first overall guy. He's just 
Yeah. I mean, it's, and before that, you have like a, a player like Neil Yakupov. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been um, a situation where there's a lot of benefits to going early. Um, there's a lot of financial benefits to going early. Um, right. And if you can make that jump, then it's great. But each player's kind of time to develop is different. And some players are able to make the jump right away. Others can't. Uh, some are never able to make the jump. And yeah. Dylan Strom, I think he can. I think he's just going to be late. Uh, and I think he's going to be in a more limited role than people initially thought when he was, like, what, a 17-year-old watching him play? Uh, I could only imagine what people watching me at 17 thought I was going to be as I grew up uh, and how off they would be. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and even even a few years ago, everyone was looking back at that uh, – that pick and there's like, man, like look at the, the players, the coyotes could have picked in that 2015 draft. Cause that 2015 draft was pretty freaking deep. I mean, the big one is, is always going to be minor, right? Exactly. Um, That's the yeah. big one. Um, and that just goes to kind of like the draft logic that, that, coaching and gms have uh because it did seem like they made kind of a oh he's a center there's a premium on center so that's good uh marner's a winger marner was also a little bit smaller if i recall and um the trend of drafting size has always continued i don't want to make say the coyotes made the wrong move in the moment but they did in the long term exactly um I could tell you one thing is for sure. Um, I had a lot of um, friends down here in Tucson. I wouldn't say a lot, but a few friends down here in Tucson who were pretty obsessed with Dylan Strome for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they were they they were just all over him, it was like, "Oh my God, Dylan Strome, Dylan Strome, Dylan Strome." It got to the point where I'm just like, "Come on, like, I get it, yeah, but." Really? Yeah, which is another kind of thing. Um, I honestly, for a while, I felt the same about Connor Garland. Uh, I thought he was a great player, but I thought he was a little bit overhyped. Um, and that's just a, a horrible way to think about a player. To, to You see it now on hockey Twitter a lot. You're like, which player is overrated? And and all that. And I just I don't like to think of it that way anymore. Um, let, let's kind of go hard numbers for Dylan, though. Um, he has played in 23 games this season. He has three goals, five assists, and is a minus five. Um, three goals, not, not that much. Chicago in general is pretty low scoring this season. They're like right around the Coyotes in fewest goals, four per... Um, on the season, the the Coyotes are thirty second with sixty four. Nice, very Nintendo. Uh, Chicago only twenty uh, ninth with seventy four. So ten more goals, two more games. In general, the Chicago it's still a pretty big four. gap. Yeah, yeah, but I I don't want to throw all the blame on Strom for for a rough season. It seems like Chicago in general is having a rough season. I mean. I mean, let's be real though. Outside of what that pre-pandemic um, run that Dylan Strom had, that looked that he was just like, it looked like this guy was going to go really crazy. And he's like, oh my god, this guy might actually be—he might actually really have a good season. 
He's only looked mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. Uh, I, I don't think he has looked particularly good. Uh, I just really – I want success for him, but like I said earlier, I don't want it to come tonight. I hope he just he, – he, he stays slow. Uh, let's see. When was the last time – let's pull up the game log. Uh, he had an assist last time the Blackhawks played against Colorado, which, oh, boy, that was – if not a game, at least an ending for a game. Did you see uh, that that Kale McCarr goal? I did see that Kale McCarr goal. Um, oh, that was. A... I didn't even realize that that was a, a Chicago game. I was just like, I was preparing the preview for. No, uh, you're just watching. Rounds. You're just watching Kale McCarr just do Kale McCarr shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter who he's up against. He's just doing Kale McCarr stuff. <laughs> Uh, when the Coyotes play Colorado, that will be not uh, looking forward to it. Mm-mm, mm-mm, definitely not. But you know what? We'll continue this talk, this topic of uh, talking of uh, Coyotes versus Blackhawks in just a sec. We'll actually get into the game breakdown, other things we're going to expect on t- on uh, tonight's game, all in just a sec. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. So let's keep talking about this uh, this game, Carl, and to get on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes. Um, Blackhawks at Coyotes. That's uh, tonight at 7 p.m. at Healy River Arena, as the yep. usual home time start is. Yep. Uh, goalie projections. Obviously, it's projections, no confirmations as of the time of this recording. Marc-Andre Fleury in net for the Chicago Blackhawks. Karel Vemelka in net for the Arizona Coyotes. Do you put Vemelka in net or do you put Wedgwood? I would put in Wedgwood. I I will say I thought Vemelka looked good against the against the Jets. I don't want to take anything away from him. Um I do think that first goal may have been his fault, but he didn't get any offensive support. Um, but uh, Turnier has been pretty good at fluctuating, or not fluctuating, at uh, staggering his goalie starts, and I think that works well. I would start Wedgwood. I would, um, yeah. I think there's a couple times when you would start a goalie back to back. Maybe if a goalie didn't ha- like didn't have a great game. Um, yeah. He's like, all right, here's your bounce back game, and if not, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep rotating. Um, Wedgwood's last game wasn't great, um, and that's just last week against San Jose. Um, and it that's just not on him either. That was on the entire team. This yeah. both teams, just be real, were just terrible. In that yeah, game. there was a. Um, there was a, a, a weird game. You should not make any kind of assumptions off of that no, game. No, you don't make general. any assumptions from that game. And that's why um, I think because it's been an over a week since Wedgwood's played, let's get him in there. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Um, get him in there. He's he's had plenty of time to practice. We have seen – I think goalies are the players who benefit most from practice, more so than forwards and defensemen. Um at least Coyotes goalies are because we tend to have good goalie coaches. Um, but but yeah, throw throw uh, throw Wedgie in there. I would definitely love to see that. Uh, Flurry will be an interesting goalie to see as the usual because 
it's Mike Andre Fleury. Yeah. I think we're all just kind of really sad that uh, it looks like his career is coming to an end in, in Chicago. Yeah. Like, we, I we, mean, everyone knew that was going to eventually happen once, once the whole Vegas thing happened this summer. Yeah, but there was talk that he was going to retire um, and, and just not show up to Chicago. Uh, I don't know how serious that talk was during the offseason, but it was there. And I do kind of wonder, I'm like, if you are Marc-Andre Fleury, are you happy that you are in the second worst team in the Pacific Division? Uh, or not Pacific, Central Division? Eh, probably not. It's not really what you want to spend your final year doing. So, I mean, uh, he... Because he could have very well retired as a Vesna winning goaltender. Vesna winning, multiple cup winning. I don't think anyone is going to doubt the career of Marc Andre Fleury. Um, they may have, if he hadn't have played so well in Vegas, because when uh, he was getting replaced by Matt Murray in Pittsburgh, there was there was talk about what his reputation is going to be, but he solidified it more than anything else. Um, uh, it, we see this a lot, and we talk about this a lot with hockey players. They maybe don't know when to retire, or they never want to go out on top because that's just not how they're wired. Yeah, usually, especially let's that's actually be real. Yeah, let's let's be fair. Hockey players, they want to play until their legs get cut off. Yeah, you don't get to be the best at something. Um, like hockey, because there are some things where, where patience and kind of self-awareness is very key. But something like hockey, you need to have some kind of cockiness to say, like, I am one of the best in the world at this. I know that I'm one of the best in the world at this. I'm going to keep doing this. Uh, and and that's Mark andre Fleury to a T. Let's also, you know, again, look at just the general sentence of, the, of how hot that those hockey players are. I mean, I'll... Just point to no, none other than a guy who's playing overseas now in Yarmir Yager. That dude refuses to ever stop playing the game. Yeah. Oh, what, what was the story uh, yesterday? Tuca is going to play for um, the Providence AHL team. Did I read that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just uh, announced uh, yesterday, but we're seeing stories about it. Tukarask signed an AHL tryout contract with the Providence Bruins. <laughs> Talk about no, no quit amongst NHL goalies. Absolutely no. Um, that's what's and, and it, it gets like it gets to the point where like if you only had if you had a mediocre career, then you can easily fall off as a goalie. But you still try no matter what. Yeah. Um, like I think, um, what Antoniemi got passed around like what half the league before he decided to leave. Um, I mostly just see him Chicago and San Jose, but I know he did went, a couple teams afterwards. Chicago, San Jose, Dallas, um, Montreal. I forgot all about Montreal. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it, it it's it's crazy to watch. Um, it is definitely one of the more interesting aspects, uh, especially goalies. They're, they're crazy. Don't don't trust the hockey goalie in general. 
don't trust a hockey goalie in general. They're the weird. If you want to find the um, if you want to find a goaltender on any hockey team, NHL, AHL, ECHL, college, whatever, just find the weirdest dude on the ice. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of like a band. Uh, always talk to the bass player. They tend to be like the weird one. Uh, but yeah. And if you are a goaltender listening to this, take that as a compliment because you yeah. may stand out. Yeah. Uh, and I am also weird, just weird in different ways, ways that do not involve pucks flying at me. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I want to talk about. On... No, go ahead. I was going to say your thoughts on the game, though, like on how you think this. Like, cause it's so. I think there's one thing that the Coyotes are going to need to do to get success, and that's shut down Alex DeBrinket. Uh, he comes into tonight's game with a 20 goal season so far. Uh, the Coyotes have had years where they do not have a single player reach the 20 goal plateau, and yet DeBrinket has 20 in 33 games. Uh, it's it's he's going to be the major shooter for the for the Blackhawks. They need to kind of keep out, um, keep an eye on him. Also on Patrick Kane and Seth Jones. Um, just those are the I'd say the only major contributors to Chicago this season. And if they can shut them down, they got a good chance. Speaking of Demirkit, what is it with? I think what we've probably over the course of this podcast, not to this, not just episode, but just you know over the last year, I probably mentioned almost half of the 2015 Erie Otters. <laughs> uh, I think we're going to go back and just look at the Erie Otters and be like, what was going on there? Like, how? How did they get that much talent in one freaking year? I mean, it's it makes like, sense because that team won the Memorial Cup, I believe. But like, Yeah. It's like the Velvet Underground. They say that there was 20 people who bought the first Velvet Underground album, but all 20 of those people went on to start their own punk band. Like, there's just, like, certain things where it's, like, this small moment where you're like, I don't know what happened with it, but for some reason, history decided that that is an important moment. Absolutely weird. So I just had to point that out because it was I, f- I find that really funny. When she mentioned Brickett's name, I'm just like, Brickett was on that team too, wasn't he? Like, yeah, he was. Yeah. Of course he was. Of course he was. Of course he was. Which, I mean, you got to feel for some of the guys on that team, just like the level of competition. It's like going into your class first day of freshman year and you're like, oh, all the National Merit Scholars are in this class. They're really going to blow up the curve. Well, that that's the way I felt when I went to when I was in uh, high school. Um, I went to a extremely uh, prestigious high school in San Jose, and you know I was, you know, I mean like pr- a pretty average student going going all throughout middle school and whatever. And I guess I'm still slightly above average. And then once I got to high school, I'm like, oh no, I'm not average. I'm actually below average. Um, these guys are all by the end of it, everyone was getting what 4.6 GPAs and going to um, Ivy League schools, Princeton, Harvard, Stanford. I'm just like, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a product of Arizona's public education system. Uh, go Willow Canyon Wildcats. Uh, we had Teach for America teachers in our in our school, which just kind of shows uh, where we were at. 
not good. Yeah, to uh, to those who want any any comparison that those who live in Arizona and don't know schools outside, um, I went to California's version of Brophy College Prep. Much different than my school. Yeah. So just wanted to give you that heads up. That's pretty much the the heads on comparison. Uh, but yes, exactly. That's what it was. Um, not to sidetrack too much about about that. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm with you on on to bring it though. I think that you watch shut that dude down if you can. <laughs> if you can, um, if you can. yeah, that's given, gonna be the hard part. Given the fact that half of the defense is Roadrunners players, but. It'll be tough. It'll, it'll definitely be tough. Uh, what we're going to do, though, is we're going to make our predictions via our, um, from our friends at Bet Online that in just a sec. But first, a quick word from Kyle. So, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. Excuse me, for 2022. There's a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today for and receive your 20 or your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKDOWN to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. So let's go to Bet Online right now on our final segment of the show and look at the lines because we got hockey lines available for today's game, of course, as we always do on every pregame show. Tell me the the odds. What do we got? So we got Arizona Coyotes are point and a half underdogs at minus 175. Moneyline is uh, plus 144 if you bet on the Coyotes, minus 160 if you bet on the Blackhawks. Total points, 5.5 points, plus 100. If you bet on the over, minus 110, you bet on the under. So, it's weird. Are we ever going to see the Coyotes as not the underdogs this season? Probably not. Maybe Montreal? Maybe Montreal. I feel like Chicago is right there with them. So um, I think this is going to be another low-scoring affair, uh, like the Coyotes' last game and like the last game they played against the Blackhawks. Um, I think they're going to have a little bit better of a chance this time. I'm going 2-1 Coyotes. 2-1 Coyotes. Now here's the question for you. Are you betting puck line or are you betting money line? <sighs> hmm. That is the question. It's just it, it's only a matter of how confident you are if on the Kite is winning. Uh not very confident at all. So I'm assuming puck line then, so at, at, at least lose by one. Yeah, uh, let's do the puck line. Um, just because I mean, especially for a tight game, um, the Blackhawks. I felt they're on a losing streak. They were just embarrassed in their last game. They're going to come out hard. Um, I think the Coyotes have a decent chance because I don't think the Blackhawks are a good team either, but it's tough to bet against a motivated team. Let me just say that. Exactly. I'm also going to, I'm also um, going under 
and um, betting on the spread, the puck line for the uh, for the Coyotes. I'll take the points. Um, let's look at some of the some of the props though. You got team to score first. If it's you bet on the Coyotes, it's plus one fifteen. Um, you also got the margin of victory. So if you do, if you do like what kind of both of us are kind of saying, essentially saying, well, you say Coyotes by your prediction is Coyotes by one, essentially, right? So you sent yeah. two one Coyotes. That's plus three twenty five. Mm. Plus two seventy five. I mean, you pick Blackhawks by one, and that's essentially what I'm going. I'm going that going that route. It's more. I'm thinking of more three uh, two game um, for. Uh, for Chicago, and in that sense, you can do the race to three goals during regulation. Chicago Blackhawks at minus one hundred five. Uh, let me ask you about this one because it's one that I find very interesting. Time to first score. Uh, first nine minutes and fifty nine seconds, minus one thirty five. Ten minutes or later, uh, plus one hundred five. Uh, I think we both think this is going to be a high st- or a low scoring affair. What do you kind of think about that? Do you think either team comes out hot or? It'll take a bit. I'm not, I'll, I'll take the 10 minutes or later. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I would probably do the same for this one uh, and then watch both teams just get three goals in the first five minutes. <laughs> no, They're like, oh, we're back to this again. Uh, cluster. Gotta love no, it. Knowing the, the uh, typical luck of the sports better, that's going to happen. Um, I've been pretty more lucky lately. Um, oh, I haven't bet in a, I haven't like made any official bets in a long time, so I can't really say lately. But I'm usually pretty good at my predictions, as I say. I'm like, I think I'm. I haven't kept complete track of all my predictions, but I think I'm above five hundred. Yeah, I'd be um, good around there. I I do think that this that right now it's very difficult to know which Coyotes team is going to to show up and which opponent's going to show up. Uh, I think they're a little bit away from the looser games, but I mean, something could happen. Um, I don't see the, the Blackhawks as a particularly rusty team. We saw a good Coyotes game last time earlier this week. So I don't know. I just feel like this one's going to be tight, but you know, Saturday's game against the Predators, who knows what's going to happen with that one. Oh yeah. Those, all those, uh, the Central Division gauntlet passing through. It's... And Dallas was supposed to be here. It was like a great, like, credit to the schedule makers. If you wanted to have like a week of just showcasing the Coyotes' new division in January for some reason, it was a good idea, but didn't fall through. Maybe they're... I mean, that would be interesting because it can kind of gauge of whether or not you you can do a a outdoor game between a central division rival with the years and the Coyotes involved. Yeah, I feel like you could. Uh, I feel like especially like a Coyote, a Blackhawks Coyotes game would be good in a stadium series because you got a lot of Chicago expats. A lot of people would travel for that down. Uh, I think yeah, but then happen. that just means giving Chicago another outdoor game. They've already had like fifteen million. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's just what we gotta deal with at this point in the NHL. 
Like the Coyotes aren't going to be a draw for an outdoor game. You need to get a draw if you want to go a division rival. Like what you go with the the Chicago Blackhawks are the only ones with that kind of rivalry um, or that kind of draw. Like maybe St. Louis Blues, but I don't think that they're necessarily a, a good rival yet. I mean, in general, winter like like winter classic games sell a lot. Yeah. Um, and I looked to the um, one a couple years ago when it was um, at the 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 Cotton Bowl between. Dallas and Nashville. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That thing sold out over ninety four thousand fans. Like, yeah. Also, look at the beginning of the dec- the beginning of the last decade when they had, um, was it Detroit and some other team? I forgot who the other team was when it was at the Big House in Michigan. Yeah, but that's that's Detroit. Uh, yeah, but again, that's a hundred and. 15 whatever it's the biggest stadium and whatever and still sold out for a hockey game yeah and i still think they were on like what a 25 game uh playoff appearance streak uh the detroit yeah. red wings i i agree with what you're saying uh but i think that it's and i think the nashville dallas example is good but the coyotes are not the detroit red wings uh no, just that i'm all. not saying i'm not i'm i'll i'll i I kind of just went a little bit of an extra tangent, just saying like how cool winter classic games can be and how fans can come to these games. Um, like I can already imagine um, a winter classic or a stadium series game at Sun Devil Stadium. That'd be a good one. It'd be a real good one. Uh, I, I, was th- I was thinking of a potential of, of uh, out of any of the stadiums. Uh, don't go back to Glendale and do one in at State Farm. Like just doesn't do much for you um especially since it doesn't look good in that area like at least with sun devil stadium you have it's like it's pretty much built right next to the mountain yeah like or they could do one at whatever chase field is called now is it still called chase field it's still chase field <laughs> i can never keep track doing a banquet uh ballpark that's the good one yeah or do it at uh um one of the one of the spring training facilities. No, that'd be terrible. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, <laughs> oh, that would piss off so much Canada. I love it. I know, right? And just like we're like, why you don't have enough fans? Just like, not our problem. <laughs> ah, beautiful, beautiful. Anyways, we both have roughly the same prediction. Um, I just we just have different winners in this case. Um, just same score margin, same bet picks essentially yeah um for this game any final thoughts you want to share before we close things off and get ready for tonight's game uh this is definitely an interesting one um i i think the coyotes have a good shot they just gotta stay disciplined not take too many penalties make something happen on the power play and be decent defensively yep absolutely but uh on that note, that is it for today's episode of Lockdown Caddies. If you like what you heard, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe if you get to already. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. Don't forget to interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Lockdown Coyotes. On Twitter, at LO underscore Coyotes. I am personally at Robin underscore Leano. That's Robin with a Y underscore L-E-A-N-L. Carl Pavlik is Carl Pavlik F-F-H. 
Interact with us, ask us a question you might have, we can answer right back, or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes Podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy, and don't forget to howl on.